Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Rube, we're back, back from Phoenix. We're in Philly. We're in South Philadelphia in our little studio here. How are you feeling? Oh, it's good to be home. Uh, Arizona is a great host. Really was a, a, a terrific host city. I got to give props to our pilot. It was not a prop plane, <laughs> but uh, he got us back in 345 from Phoenix to Philly last night. Uh, he he was riding those tailwinds. I looked up at one point. I, I woke up from a nap. I look over. You've got flight aware up. You're tracking our progress. <laughs> well, you know, it was really cool. So we're flying over Western Pennsylvania and I see, so I, I'm always on flight aware and, uh, and I see a plane, there's a flight from, from Washington to Cleveland and I'm watching our, like our route and it looks like we're about to like cross each other. And you hit the, the button. <laughs> <laughs> I alert the pilot, uh, flight attendant, can you please let the pilot. So we're at 28,000 feet and the other, the other flights at 27,000 feet. And I'm watching and I enlarged it so that air, so, you know, cause the more you enlarge it, the better. Mm -hmm. And we went right, or it went right over us a thousand feet. So I'm thinking, is that normal? So on the way out, I asked the pilot, I, I grilled him pretty good about it. And he said, under 30,000 feet, uh, you just have to be separated by a thousand feet. He said, it's normal. He said, we, we were actually at 28,000. Thousand and eight feet, and they were at twenty-seven thousand feet. So um, he said it's totally routine. It's just uh, the way the way the routing is. I asked him if he waved to the other pilot. <laughs> Was he like, "Sir, please exit the aircraft"? <laughs> he did. He did ask for federal uh, marshals to <laughs> to meet to meet meet him. But no, it was uh yeah, it was. It's good to be home. We were we were going a while. It was a great experience, but uh, it's good to be home. It was a great experience. Uh, we are back. It didn't end the way the Eagles wanted it. It didn't end the way you guys wanted it to end. Uh, but that's the way it goes sometimes. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast presented by Nissan. He's Ruben Frank. And you wrote a really uplifting column, <laughs> Dave Zangaro, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, locker cleanout day was on Tuesday. You and I were both there as the Eagles kind of said their farewells until OTA. Some of them say goodbye forever. They won't be back. Uh, and we know that the two coordinators won't be back. Right before we started this podcast, we learned that Jonathan Gannon is leaving for good. Shane Steichen is gone. So we'll get into that stuff in a little bit. But uh, let's start with cleanout day. Talk to a few players. One of those players was Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, it's it's tough for everyone to try to get over this, but he seems to have uh, the most poison doing it, which isn't surprising. Yeah, and I actually, I don't know if I can do this, but um, I've been trying to get a picture of Jalen Hurts smiling um, for three years, and I finally, I finally got one. Jalen Hurts yeah. smiling, and then what was he smiling about? Uh, something happened with the, um, um somebody was arm arm was shaking about holding him up. Oh or yeah, so like the so, uh, Jaylen, I you never see him smile, so yeah. it's good to see him smile. Yeah, he smiles plenty. Um, 
maybe not always in news conferences. Yeah. Uh, but when we're not around, he's yeah. always smiling. Uh, yeah. So yeah, someone was struggling to hold. It is hard to hold out a microphone for five minutes or yeah. so. So uh, someone's hand started shaking. He, yeah. he made note of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, he said all the right things, which is not surprising. I believe him. I believe that he's going to try to learn from it. And uh, he said he watched the game back and tried to view it like he would any other game. He said he has a 24 hour rule, but even he kind of chuckled at the absurdity of that because it's, it's not a normal game that the stakes are raised. It just means more, but and that was kind of sentiment from a lot of guys, like nothing you can do now. Like it's, it's over and you can choose to dwell on it, which some guys are going to do, or you can try to move on from it. Yeah. Uh, I was really impressed with Jalen today. And sometimes when he speaks, he, he's, he's very vague, speaks in generalities that don't always have a lot of meaning. They're just kind of aphorisms and truisms and cliches. Um, it was a short press availability today. It was cut off by the PR department after about, what was it, five minutes and 15 seconds? More than that. It was like over six. Was it over yeah. six? Um, For the sake of fairness. Yeah, uh, it was, but it was disappointing either way. Uh, but I, I uh, I'm just really struck by, and I'm looking for the quote. I'm really struck by um, just how driven he is to to improve, no matter what. I mean, he played he played a historic game. I mean, at 24 to play at that level in a Super Bowl, and um, you know, he just he, he you know all, all he talks about. I mean, there's no sense of um, I'm great. I played really well. I mean, he, all he talked, he just sat there and talked about learning. And um, he said, uh, it stings, it stings, but I'm embracing everything that comes with it. I'm embracing the challenge ahead. And this team will have that mentality moving forward. Um, there's a true eagerness to move forward with the right intention, the right focus, the right type of fortitude. Um, he said, uh, I wish I could find this, but uh, everything's about improving and getting better. And I think his teammates feed off that and it's genuine. It comes from a real place. I mean, he's not one to pat himself on the back or ever be satisfied. He'll never be satisfied. I think that's what we're learning. No matter I mean, if they'd won the Super Bowl and he had, you know, he threw for four touchdowns and ran for three, he'd, he'd be talking about what he could learn from the place he didn't make. Um, it, you know, you hope that he can enjoy it and appreciate everything. But um, as far as the effect it has on the people around him, it's immeasurable. I mean, he's just, you know, when you have a guy that's never satisfied and never stops working, then you're going to want to work just as hard. Yeah. And, and you know, we've, we talked in on the last pod right after the game, feeling robbed that we didn't get to see him on that drive. I also feel like, obviously, secondary to that, I feel robbed that I didn't get to see him celebrate <laughs> because I was really looking forward to seeing yeah. what he would do because we haven't seen him. like In moments, we see him cut loose on the field and celebrate with his teammates, but uh, I was very curious to see what the biggest celebration would look like for him because he is so forward-thinking and he's always about getting better and there's always this, like, this drive. Um I was just curious to see what would happen if he, you know, if he's standing up there, Super Bowl MVP. Like, it's hard to say that at that point. Like, now you get to celebrate. You get to be yeah. on the mountaintop. He, he was, was so close to it. He was smoked, sat in his locker quietly smoking a cigar. And that's what he said. I, the quote I was looking for is 
going into year four. I'm hungrier than ever, starving for more. I just want to challenge myself to be the best quarterback, the best leader I can be uh, for my teammates in the city, impact the people around me in the right way. Uh, this is two days after getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's maturity. And this is maturity we've seen from him since day one. I mean, his arrival here. He was asked about the contract. Didn't want to get into that very clearly. Said there'll be a time for that. Today is not that day. Kind of is. <laughs> it's You know, today is that day. Or if not today, a day very soon. Um, Eagles are going to have to figure that out. And it's going to be massive. But knowing what we know about the organization, they're going to want to get this done. The, the, well, they have to. Yeah, the price tag isn't. Well, they don't have to. But Well, no, they don't have to. But, yeah. I mean, they have to in terms of being able to take the next steps. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to to do it now, but I mean, it would be a big mistake if they don't. Yeah, and, and the way this organization operates is like they, they try to get ahead of these things all sure. the time. Yeah, and if you wait a year, you can end up paying them a lot more money. Mm -hmm. And he could say, I don't want to come back here. Maybe I'm a restricted free agent. Yeah, and I, I think it's you could also end up in a situation – like Baltimore and Lamar, where it's just it's not a good relationship no. because of it, and um, I think they want to avoid that. And if they know Jalen's a guy, and they know Jalen's a guy, I, I have every expectation that they will figure out this contract yeah. this offseason. And a lot of people have tweeted me asking if he'll take a, a you know less money, so how he can sign more guys around him. It's just not fair to. I mean, yeah, I mean, like maybe a very, very slight discount than what he would get if he eventually hits free agency and he's on the open market. But he, it, I mean, he's not going to take twenty-five million a year, you no. know. It, and he shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, I know the numbers are different, but like the notion of I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take less money than I'm worth. Like, you know, you people don't do that, and um, you can't do that for your for your for the other quarterbacks in the league because you're i mean he's going to be setting he, he and a couple other quarterbacks are going to be setting the value setting the market yeah. if he takes less it hurts the other quarterback so and he deserves to be paid the going rate yeah and if he gets to dictate the going rate for the next wave then so be it it's going to be expensive it's going to be a big deal it'll be 45 mil plus i think that's going to be right where it is between 45 and 47 million certainly the way he played sunday isn't going to lower his value. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I was impressed with him. Anything else from his short media availability that stands out? Um, he did talk about Shane Steichen uh, briefly. Everything was briefly. Um, just gave him a lot of credit for where he is. The two years they had together said he learned a lot from him um, and, and said he really appreciated it. And, uh, you know, says I know he'll do a great job in Indy. And, He's a really good coach. It was I really enjoyed the two years around him. It's a shame that he never let his personality personality show in his Steichen. in interviews. Yeah, mm -hmm. because he's got a. He, I mean, he's funny as hell. Um, he's got a great personality. Uh, I think he's a really brilliant offensive mind, and and uh, the Colts are getting a good one. Yeah, you got to get a quarterback. Yeah, we'll talk about those coordinators in a little bit, but I'm I'm curious to see how they handle being the head coach in terms of like in front of the public. Yeah. Cause it, it's a little tricky when you're a coordinator because you have aspirations to be that, but you're not that and you're under a different coach and you right. don't want to take any limelight. Right. 
from that coach. It's, it's kind of sometimes tricky. I think Steichen more than Gannon just because sure. he's under an offensive coach. And yeah. I think he's just naturally a little more reticent than, than Gannon. And, you know, yeah, but I think he'll be fine. I think Gannon will be, they'll really, the, the guys in Arizona, there's not many of them, but they'll, they'll like Gannon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, moving on. AJ Brown was clearly dejected. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he said he was kind of dreading doing an interview. Uh, he didn't talk after the game, I don't believe. Um, and he, he clearly didn't want to do it, but I give him credit. He stood there uh, and, and answered some questions for a while. Um, clearly, you know, he he admitted he still thinks the future is bright, but he like he couldn't even wrap his head around it. He's still going through this kind of mourning period after yeah. – the Super Bowl loss, and that's why I think it's good to have players like Jalen Hurts because if there are, I'm not saying AJ should be able to flip right away. That's that's hard to do. You should be able to feel things, and uh, that's a, a heartbreaking loss. But if anyone lingers too long on that, I think Jalen Hurts is the right guy to say, "Hey, let's get back to work." Um, but AJ was clearly upset, and he, you know, I get it. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I, we have a little clip here of AJ. We want to play just for everyone to hear it. Um, we went up 27-21. Uh, I knew uh, deep down that it was probably a chance we were, we were going to lose. Because you got the field goal there instead of the touchdown? Mm -hmm. Did you feel like at the end of that game, if you guys were to get a, a full drive, you would have been able to, to win that game? Um, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I think the when they went up two touchdowns and we went down and scored. Um, um, so I didn't. I thought we had a chance to get the ball in the hand last. We were gonna be fine. What gave you that feeling after the field goal that it might not go your way? Uh, my previous year, my previous year, uh, I went to Tennessee. We threw an interception on like we had the ball last. We had a chance to go overtime or to try to win, and we threw an interception in. I had that same feeling in my gut because we got three and playing against Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, he was he was just doing everything right, you know. Uh, and he put his team in a great position to win. You know, he, he, he did a great job all, all, all game, you know, so that's why. Yeah, so um, you could tell by his tone, he was, he's, it's rough on him right now. He's going through it. And I think some people thought he was like criticizing Nick Sirianni's decision to kick a field goal. I don't think he was. I think he was just lamenting the fact that they had to settle for three there. And, you know, if you're, we talked about it in the postgame pod, you start trading field goals for touchdowns against that team, you're in a bad way. Yeah. Field goals against Patrick Mahomes get you beat against great quarterbacks. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but yeah, there, that quote was maybe not presented totally accurately in a couple places. So yeah. that's the real quote. You just heard him say it. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I had the same feeling. <laughs> I was watching the game. Yeah, thinking, it's a natural. Oh feeling. man. I can't mean, get field goals. Yeah. You just can't. So um, it doesn't mean his effort was any less. Yeah. It doesn't mean. I don't even think it's like a knock on the defense. It's just like, there's an alien on the other team right. playing quarterback and he's going to score. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think one thing that we kind of, I mean, understandably why it kind of got lost in that game is just 
how well Devontae and AJ played and Goddard, all three of them. I mean, Goddard had six catches. I don't think any of them was uncontested. I mean, they were all. <laughs> he was great. Kelsey was like wide open. And Goddard's like <laughs> just making these crazy, crazy plays. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they're actually the first pair of wide receivers, uh, 25 and under, to have 90 plus yards in a Super Bowl teammates. Uh, they're going to be here with Jalen for a long time. That's exciting. But, uh, but yeah. Um, it's funny how, how different people react. I, I talked to um, Jordan Mulata for quite a while at his locker, and he said he was just like still not even still processing everything. He said it doesn't. He said, you know, he said also like Jalen, he said, I have a 24 hour rule, but he said, I don't really know how many hours it's been. Like he says, I don't even know what day it is. So I don't know. He's, I thought it was funny. Jalen mentioned the 24 hour rule and even chuckled because he's like, I know. Yeah, he it's did. a Super Bowl. Yeah. He did. Um, uh, but Mulata talked a lot about Jalen and just the, what a comforting feeling it is to know that he's going to be their quarterback. And, um, you know, and and just how he, he just can't believe that there's actually people out there that still question him, doubt him. And he said that's been a, a major motivator for the whole team all year. Um, just – you know, he said, we're, we're all really protective of him. I mean, he's our leader. He's our quarterback. And we hear people saying things that aren't true about him or not give him credit. Um, you know, we, we rally around him. They really love that guy. And they absolutely do. Yeah. They have from the moment he stepped in the building. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny. So it's the other guy never had a chance. Did he 2020? No, never had a chance. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, the way different players deal with the emotions of this is just different. It's like how it's grief. It's it's not it's not as serious as like losing a family member or friend, but like it, it, people deal with these things in different ways. It's you know some people have like gallows humor. Like I'm always a like I I joke about things that you shouldn't joke about, and I think there's some of that in in the building. It's like you, you know yeah. it's like what are you gonna do? It, it happened and. Some people just handle it differently. There's so many different things going on at once. Like there's the the reality of losing the game. There's a reality of this is the last time I'll be with this group of people. Yeah. I mean, 20 of these guys won't be here next year. Um, and then there's a reality of they've been in the same routine of coming into the building every day or almost every day since July. And like Jordan was saying, like, I got to go make plans to fly to see my family in Australia. I, all I want to do is come back here and practice tomorrow. He said, you know, it's just, he said, you're almost in denial. It's like you're, you get into that routine and you, there's so much comfort in a routine. And he said, you know, I, I just want to come here tomorrow. And when you get that far, you start really visualizing yeah. winning the whole thing. Like you, you don't go into it thinking about this possibility because if you do that, then you're, it's kind of a defeatist attitude. So yeah. like you go through, you know, those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl thinking we're going to win this thing and you like visualize yourself winning it and then when it doesn't happen it's like what do you do yeah where and, do you go from here? and there was an abruptness you know they had that game under control um i mean you know up until the, i mean gosh when did uh the chiefs took the well even when they took the lead the eagles came back and tied it up at 35 tie game tie game with with what with 520 left you're tied in the Super Bowl, and uh, they got the ball in their own twenty-five, and you're thinking, get a stop and go score and celebrate. It just didn't happen. Yeah, it's 
it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, other stuff we got from Locker Cleanout Day. I'll go first and I'll, I'll send it back to you. But Hassan Reddick, talked to him for a while. Interesting because he he, come, he came here, you know, and he was new to this defense and there were some really veteran leaders here. But he said throughout the year, he started to try to pick up his leadership role a little bit. And we heard he was one of the guys who gave one of the most rousing speeches yeah. <laughs> yeah. before the Super Bowl. I heard about it. Yeah. Uh, so and he said that's something he wants to continue because the the older veterans on this team even if they're here next year, they're not going to be here long term. And Reddick hopes to be, you know, this is the first time he's getting a chance to be back in the same spot two years in a row for a while, uh, certainly as a good player and as a productive player. So uh, I think he's looking forward to taking over a bigger leadership role. And I think that's good because they're going to need it when Fletcher's gone. If BG's gone, Slay's getting older, like the, the leaders on that defense are, you know, and TJ Edwards is a free agent. It, yeah. There's a lot of those leadership roles that you don't know where they're going to be next year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this defense is going to have a really different look. Um, most of the free agents to be uh, weren't around. Hargrave popped in and popped out before anyone could talk to him. I didn't see TJ. Miles opened the door into the locker room, mm -hmm. saw media, and closed the door again, which, you know, I don't know. Nobody said a bad word about Miles Sanders all year. Um, but anyway, uh, who else? Uh, I did catch up with James Bradbury. Mm -hmm. um, I asked him if there's any, if he thinks there's any chance he could be back here, and he said, I'm not ruling anything out. He said, I love playing here. Um, said they haven't had any talks with Howie, but that's mainly because he didn't want to. He said, I just wanted to focus on football as long as we were playing. I didn't, I didn't want to have to talk to my agent about, contract so i just told him to wait he said i think we will talk um he really liked playing here you know he hasn't been on a lot of good teams uh, i think i think the giants won nine games in his two years yeah. you get a taste of it yeah you know, a little more and he did say it's not just money he said i want to play for for a winning organization and he said you know i he said uh I, i'm not, i'm not going to come cheap but um, there are other factors than money and somebody, I think it was Elliot, said, you know, so so basically money, um, money, winning organization, and location. And he said, no, location doesn't really matter because anywhere I go, it's going to get cold eventually. <laughs> so that's not really a factor. But also, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I, but it was funny. But um, like, I don't think there's any chance they can sign Chauncey Garner Johnson and Bradbury. Um, mm -hmm. I think they can sign one, and I think I, I'm assuming they would prioritize Chauncey just because safety. You, you know, you you do you want to pay two corners fifteen plus? Probably not. Um, I would think Bradbury per year is going to get more. Chauncey's younger. Yeah, and Bradbury Bradbury get like seventeen. Yeah, and um, yeah, and Chauncey and. I think Chauncey might answer that defensive leader thing that you talked about where Bradbury is a very quiet guy. And I think the guys respect him, but I don't, I don't know if he's super comfortable in that role, but I think Chauncey would be. So that might be a factor. I don't know. I don't think that should be a factor though. I don't think, but it's a, it's a kind of a side product, uh, okay, a byproduct sure. of it. Um, it's it's going to be interesting what the secondary looks like next year. I, I think Reed Blankenship needs to be a part of it. Um, 
I think I think they're a better defense when he's playing. Interesting. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, Epps, you know, Epps is up. Um, I always liked Epps. I thought he played a little better than he did. Um, his coverage has been bad. He's a physical guy, good tackler, but got to give give you something in coverage. Yeah. He just hasn't. Um, so we'll see. But uh, I did want to mention on Bradbury, and we talked about it post game pod, but I wanted to hit on it again. Give that dude a ton of credit for standing up yeah. and, and answering questions, raising his hand. Uh, and, and it wasn't just him. It was the entire team. They lost with grace. And I, I think they saw the 49ers and said, we're not going to do that. If we lose this game, we're not we're not blaming anything else but ourselves. And even when they, you know, even when they admitted, like, yeah, the field sucked, they had to play on that, that crappy field, too. Like. Although yeah. I do think it hurt the Eagles more than it hurt the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I but definitely. They, they didn't so. say that. They didn't that say was, that. I can say that. Yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed some of the veterans didn't talk after the game. That's uh, look, that's that's over and done with. But you know, if you're going to be a leader and talk all year when things are going well, you know. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I generally share that philosophy, but I, I can't imagine what it's like to lose a Super Bowl. That's fair. You know, I just. I, like I feel that way in regular season games, even playoff games. But like losing that game, I just I can't even imagine what <coughs> what that feels like. If twenty four so. year old Jalen Hurts can stand up there and accept and be accountable and speak with grace and honesty, Darius Slay can, Miles Sanders can. Yeah, you know, I guess I Those. I can't I you know, it's it just it, it bothered me a little, but it's not a huge thing. Yeah, <coughs> didn't bother me too much. Okay. Yeah, uh, but that's about it. weren't a lot of guys around. Talked to Quez a little bit. Yeah, how was that? Um, you know, raised his hand. Said, yeah, I, I lost my details on that drop. It was a huge drop. Said he was disappointed in the way he played, really all season. He did reveal he's been playing with a grade two shoulder sprain. Which, hey, you know, some people are going to hear that and say. Man, he's making excuses. He, I don't think he was. I mean, I, I think if if he was, he would have said it earlier. Yeah, and and look, I I think he wants people to know he played through injury. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, you know, I, he said it it was on him for not playing better with it and and not getting over the mental hurdle of playing with it. But if Quez is going to be the three next year, they need more out of him. They need to be able to rely on him, and I don't know if they can rely on the version of Quez we saw this year. He played 40, 42 snaps in that game Sunday. Just was a non-factor other than a drop. Um, I don't think he can be three next year. I just don't. I, don't think I he think can. he has a talent too. I do too. I do too. But and I, I, I've seen it from him. Like I saw it from him last year. Yeah, clearly has the talent to be a three. Yeah, but maybe he's just not best suited in the slot. But in this offense, like yeah, they move guys in and out. Like you, sh- you have to be able to play both. Yeah, uh, I think they got to get better at that. WR3, I think they will. So, Britain Covey waiting in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I won the last clean out day question, if you were a veteran on a team and you knew you were back next year, would you really clean out all your locker? Like, how would you choose what stuff to bring home? I was watching like AJ, AJ, AJ had a lot of stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show people a photo of what Jason Kelsey's locker looks like. This is hilarious. But go ahead. Oh, that was my question. Like, what would you prioritize bringing home? Well, 
you know, I'm maybe not the neatest person ever. <laughs> yeah, you might not be the guy to ask. But um, well, Kelsey's had a lot of years though. <laughs> that's Kelsey's locker. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I mean, look at my desk in the media house. I mean, I didn't clean it out today. We won't be back there. Well, we'll be back back there Thursday. I did clean or Wednesday. My desk. Did you? A little bit. I saw media guys from like the '92 season. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe too much. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And Nissan, we just made your choice for a new car, an easier one than ever with our most exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. The choice is yours. Now get great offers across our full line. Shop your local Nissan store today at NissanUSA.com. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone in a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanize the disease of addiction. Download the new Season 3 of Someone You Know, on all major podcast platforms. Rube, it's not easy to get back to the Super Bowl, but we have some odds here okay. for the Eagles, and we'll try to figure out whether or not they can actually get this done. These are from PointsBet. Um, the shortest odds to get back to the Super Bowl, or to win it next year, I should say, the Chiefs, plus 550, then the Bills, plus 600, then the 49ers, plus 750, then the Eagles plus eight hundred. Interesting. Niners. Good roster, but like, yeah, you know, you don't have a quarterback, or we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's gonna, it's gonna be Purdy. Are you sure about that? No, but okay. I think it'll be Purdy. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll have open competition. I think they're going to trade Trey Lance. Really? Yeah. I think it'll be an open competition. I think they gave up too much to get him, and Maybe. you can't throw it away for a seventh-round pick on a hot streak. Maybe. We'll see, but um, hey, just some, some, something else to be motivated for. Um, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I mean, look, we don't even know who's going to be on the team next year. but We don't know the coordinators. We don't know the roster. But we know the quarterback. We know the receivers. We know the tight end. Uh, we know the culture, which we matters. Know, we know the culture. Um and, you know, there's still some, certainly some guys on defense that we know are going to be back. Um, Slay's back. Um, Reddick's back. Sweat's back. Um, Milton Williams is back. Jordan Davis is going to have to make a big jump in year two. Uh, but they have some pieces in place. And, you know, I wouldn't, and, and Blanket Chip's back. Um, I wouldn't mind them signing um, Sue if he wants to play another year. 36? Yeah. I thought Linval, Linval Joseph started out better. I thought Sue finished better. I like the way he played the last month or so. Um, I'd have no problem bringing him back for 15 snaps a game. If he, if he wants to play and if he's – He might say, call me in November. He might say, call me in November or pay me you know, more. Um, we'll see. But they do have some, some pieces in place. Maddox is back. Um, he's got to stay healthy. And then they're going to sign some of the other guys. So it's not going to be like they're not going to be lost on that side of the ball. But, you know, there's certainly some work to do. Yeah, that's going to change a little bit. Yeah. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet, your move.
All right, Rube, let's uh, move on from that a little bit to my column, which... I, I think uplifting is the word <laughs> I would use. My, my point of my column, and if you haven't read it, it it's on our site, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. But th the idea here is that this loss should hurt for the Eagles and for their fans because um, I'm not saying they can't get back to the Super Bowl. I think they're in a really good spot. It's hard to imagine them having a better shot at it than they had this year, for a yeah. lot of reasons. And I thought you you laid out the you laid out a pretty good case. I think we differ on this. Um, I thought your piece is well done, and and people should read it to get kind of a, you know, it, I mean, you just put into perspective just how uh, every team that gets to a Super Bowl thinks they're going to the next one, and so few do. Um, the ones that do have. A Tom Brady or a John Elway or a Troy Aikman or a Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. And I think Jalen Hurts is at that level. I think Jalen Hurts is at that level. See, I just said he does that. He says something twice for emphasis. Yeah. I, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> but um, I really think as long as he's here and healthy, um, they're going to be really good. Uh, look. If he's got James Thrash and Todd Pinkston, I mean, but he's going to have good players around him, and I think, um, I think Howie is. If I trust any GM to be able to build a roster around a fifty million dollar quarterback, it's Howie. Um, so I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be well coached, um, and I, I look at the NFC and I just don't see a lot of great teams. I don't see a lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of great young quarterbacks. Um, so while everything you said is true, I guess I'm just a little more optimistic. I can see this team um, really being a problem for people for the next few years. Yeah, Rube, I, I agree that Hurts is that level, and maybe that'll be enough, but I still don't think it'll ever get any easier. Not easier, but it'll right. never be more set up than it was this year because and one of those reasons is in a way because of Jalen, because he's been so good. Now you got to pay that guy. And you've had the benefit of having him on a really minimal salary for this run. And that's going to change. And they'll backload the deal if they get it done. So like the next couple of years will be more manageable, but it's going to be harder in terms of roster construction. It will be harder. Um, if the, if the cap keeps going up 20 million a year, by the time those big cap figures, Hey, it, it might be 280 million. So um, it'll help. It'll never be this percentage. I agree. I agree. And uh, unless he's making minimum in, in his 10th <laughs> year, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's true. And and I think, like I said, you, you have some good points in there. Um, I guess I just tend to be more of uh, an optimist when it comes to that. I just look at the landscape of the conference that helps the division. Um, you know, the, I mean, I think Look, you look. I mean, look at the quarterback. I mean, Washington. We don't even know who Washington's quarterback is going to be. Um, Daniel Jones made big strides, but I, I just don't. Well, I don't think he's a guy that you're sitting there thinking we're not going to win the Super Bowl because we, we're in the same division as Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. um, Dak is. This team has a hard time with Dak. We know that, but he's how old is Dak now? Was he? He's not. Was he twenty nine? Around 30. 30. He's 29. He'll be 30 be before training camp and has, what, uh, two career 
playoff wins in what year was he drafted? Sixteen. Yeah. Two playoff wins in seventeen years. So Jalen has as many as he does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they're gonna. No team still won the division back to back since it's crazy. The Eagles in 03 and 04. And every time we think the Eagles win one, we're like, oh, they'll win next year for sure. They will. They will win but next year. But it kind of, sure. honestly, that kind of illustrates my point. It's like, it's just tough. Yeah. And it, it, it's, a, it's a fair point. I'm not disagreeing with the point. I yeah. just, I think, I think they're going to yeah. be all right. Injury stuff, too. I mean, yeah. n- n- they weren't completely healthy in the Super Bowl. 22 of 22 starters. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. No, but I mean, look, in 17, they won a Super Bowl with, without JP and, you know, yeah. Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Chris Maragos. They can, they can do it. Chris makes Maragos. it harder. <laughs> makes it harder. Chris Maragos might have more money than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we, he does. He will. He does now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know, know how that pays out. Maybe there's an appeal. I don't know. But my, my point is that just, it, it's, it's tough. And, uh, if you're dejected, you, you have a right to be because it's there are no guarantees. And even AJ Brown was very realistic. He was asked about like if he worries about getting to another one, and he says, "Yeah, like sure, it's, it's <laughs> you really have hard. to, yeah, you have to." It's and that's it's not like a disrespect thing to the Eagles. It's a respect to the league and just how difficult this process is, and the fact that they had a ten point lead in the Super Bowl and were so close to getting it done and couldn't get it done. It's brutal. How many has Mahomes been to? Three? Yeah. Right? He's 27. Yeah. Jalen's the next best quarterback in football. Okay. I think what I think what Mahomes is doing, Jalen can do in the NFC. I really do. I don't I don't I, think he's at that level. I don't, I don't think he's at that level. Okay. I think he's the next. Oh, I said I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. I think he's the next best guy, though. Okay. I, I think you have to be at that level to do what Mahomes is doing. And I also think if if he plays the way he did Sunday, he's at that level. If he plays like that sure. every yeah. week, <laughs> which might be impossible. And I'll tell you what: if if you take, you know, up until he got hurt in Chicago, plus Sunday when it's probably the first time he was really healthy, if you play at that level. I'm curious to see that. That's making me think about like all those quarterback lists that come out. Like, where will Jalen be now? I bet he, uh, he's obviously still behind Mahomes. I bet he's still going to be behind Burrow. I think Burrow's the only on other those, guy. Those lists. Yeah. Would you have him above Josh, Josh Allen, Allen now? I think now I would. Yeah. Yeah. Above Herbert. A lot of, a lot of picks. Um. Above Herbert. Isn't it funny how all these guys are in the AFC? You mentioned. Oh, that's a nice thing. Yeah. You don't have to go through them. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFC? Dak? It depends on what version of Aaron yeah. Rodgers. You know, who knows what conference he'll be in? True. He's, he's got to go to a dark place first. That that terrifies the heck out of me. I know. I'm, I have nightmares about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like there's a reason we're scared of the dark. Yeah. One of our senses gets stripped away from us. Yeah, I actually, I'm so afraid of the dark, I sleep with ring lights on me. <laughs> that was my point, though. Just, you know, n- not saying they can't get back there. I think they have a really good base set in place here. How did that column go over on Twitter? <laughs> I haven't looked at my mentions in a while. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's get to the coordinators, because Shane Steichen, now yeah. officially the head coach in Indianapolis, Jonathan Gannon, officially the head coach in Arizona. Whatever you think about 
one of those coaches. That's who we're getting to here. It's it's tough to lose both coordinators. You know, it's it's rare. In fact, you, you looked it up. It's never happened to the Eagles where they've lost both of their coordinators that right. had coaching gigs in the same offseason. Yeah, and they've never lost a defensive coordinator um, to another team. Uh, they, they've had defensive coordinators leave and become head coaches. Jeff Fisher, yeah. Wade Phillips, your pal, and uh, and Sean McDermott, obviously, speaking of the Bills. Um, it is a big loss. And, you know, I think one of the big things about this year was that continuity. I did a story in OTAs, I think, about every coach came back in the same role. So rare. So rare. It was the first time it happened with the Eagles since, like, the 70s, and there was only, like, six assistants back then. Um, so, yeah, that, that was huge. That continuity um, – not just as far as the player-coach relationship, but as Nick told me, the just the coaches now feel so comfortable with each other, and they're on a, like the next level as far as communicating and being able to work together and planning because they they don't have to start from scratch. They're starting from a, a position of fam- familiarity. So now you're on both sides of the ball. You're you know, and I think that's one of the reasons there's a good chance they'll they'll feel both from within. Yeah. I mean, offense, I think, is a slam dunk. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. I mean, that's tailor-made. You, you, you promote Brian Johnson, then you promote Alex Tanney to quarterback's coach. I think that's definitely going to happen. They love Alex Tanney. Yeah. yeah. He was in the league a long time, didn't play, but yeah, he's smart, a really smart guy. Um, I think that's the move. Yeah. The question then becomes, who's calling plays? And that, that's a loss to lose Shane second. He had such a great feel for it. I'll uh, bet it's Brian Johnson. I mean, just diabolical. Yeah. As a play caller, that's my best. I'm going to tell people in Indy, diabolical. Yeah, that's good. Brian Johnson or Shane Steichen. I don't know. It'll be maybe be Brian Johnson. Maybe Nick will take it back. Kevin Patullo, I think, has the potential to do it. I really liked Nick in that CEO role, not I think having Nick too much on his too. plate. I don't think Nick's going to call the plays. I think it'll. I think it'll be Brian Johnson. Okay, that's my guess. Um, Stout could call plays. You know, run, 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 run. I don't think he would do that, but uh, Shane was. That's a good word for it. Um, He was, yeah, I I, I think he was just so, um, I don't know what the word is. He he understood so well what teams were going to do defensively against them, and he was always ready for anything. They, they, they scored, I mean, they scored 30 points in each playoff game. It was really incredible. Uh, they scored 110 points in the postseason, 112, whatever it was. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got to find a quarterback. But uh, I remember going to John Harbaugh's first press conference when he got named. We drove down with, uh, I think, Jordan Rannon and uh, Andy Schwartz. We all drove down to um, Owings Mills or wherever it was. Yeah. And I remember they kept asking Harbaugh. They hadn't drafted Flacco yet. He would be drafted a few months later. And they kept asking Harbaugh, who's your quarterback? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm I'm telling you, we're going to have a good quarterback. I don't know who it is, but I promise you we're going to have a good quarterback. And I feel like, you know, I love the notion of Shane working with a young quarterback. I think it would be great. Got to find him. Got to find him. But I think they will. I think he will. And – uh, it'll be interesting with both these guys who they bring with them. If if you know if the Eagles lose any other coaches, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, Nick has joked about don't take anyone, but he took people from Indianapolis. He took yeah. uh, who to take? He took Patullo and, and Kevin Michael. Jason Michael. Jason Michael. I always yeah. say Kevin Michael. 
Jason Michael. I mean, two pretty important coaches from that staff. Yeah. And, yeah. and Gannon. Right. Well, Gannon was going to leave either way. Yeah. But he took yeah. some. What about um, what about defense? The the obvious internal candidate is Denard Wilson, uh, and then DK McDonald, who Nick has known longer than anyone on this staff, and who they rave about would be he'd get the promotion to defensive back. He coach. loves DK. Loves DK. So I, I think both of those coaches are ready for those promotions. But it's also a good chance to ask yourself philosophically: Is this? Do we want to keep going in, in the route the way that they're going? And I think it's a fair question. It's a fair question, but I think fourteen and one or fourteen and three, whatever you call it, a Super Bowl appearance kind of answers that question. I'd want to keep things as I mean, you're always evolving and growing, but I'd want to kind of keep the same structure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think there were flaws in Gannon's defense and his philosophy. So um I, I think he's a good coach and I, I think he'll be a pretty good head coach, honestly. I I think he could be a better head coach than he was a defensive coordinator, just because I, I think he has um, the interpersonal skills to really thrive at that level. And I'm not saying it was a bad defensive coordinator. I, I think the truth kind of lies somewhere in between the perception of him, which is couldn't be any lower <laughs> uh, among a lot of the fan base and what the numbers tell you. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think um, for a second-year defensive coordinator to do what he did is really impressive. I think he'll continue to, to become a better coach. I think the thing that bothers me is that he's always been held to a different standard than all the other coaches. Like, you look at Sunday's game. All right, the offense, they scored a lot of points, but they couldn't run the ball. They gave, gave up seven points on a fumble. You look at special teams, they gave up really essentially seven points on a return down to the five, I think. Um, but nobody's like fire Shane Steichen, fire Michael Clay. It's it's, but it's the players. But then when the defense messes up, it's always Gannon. Like there's, it's just, there's just an element of it being personal. That bothers me. The defense did not play well. They were not coached well Sunday, although they really only gave up 24 points, but it's the whole focus is always on fire Gannon. Like they have one, you know, every time there's a breakdown, it's fire Gannon, but it's never fire Michael Clay or fire Shane Steichen or Nick Sirianni. Every coach, every team has bad plays that they want back uh, and, and places they can get better and improve. Um, I think what really bothered me about the Gannon thing was it was pers- it was personal. I, and I think some of it was, but honestly. No, I think all of it was. No, I disagree with that. I, I don't think that's fair because I, I think, you know, look, a guy misses a tackle. That's certainly not on Jonathan Gannon. They coach them to tackle. They miss a tackle. That's bad on that player. But um, if a quarterback slices and dices them down the field on a methodical drive, like some of that is scheme. I mean, quarterbacks, uh, they were were the number one pass defense in the league. And then they had a terrible second half against one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. And it happens. And, you know, it it was a bad game. They got to the Super Bowl. They did. You got 14 faced, points along the way. And then they faced a really good quarterback. No, they faced one of the greatest of all time. Okay. But we've seen now over the period of two years when they face a good quarterback. And look, I know some of this is obvious that yeah, you face a good quarterback, it's harder to stop them. But I don't know if this defense is set up to succeed against those elite passers. Well, I don't know if any defense is set up to, you know, to 
to stop Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they held Kirk Cousins to seven points. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the good quarterbacks. They they beat Aaron Rodgers. Um, I I don't know. They didn't face a lot of good quarterbacks. I know, and that's, but that's not their. I mean, they faced who was on the schedule. Yeah, no, and I I totally understand they that. Not Brock Purdy out of the game. If you're gonna, yeah, I, I saw that. But if you're gonna win a Super Bowl, you need to be able to stop an, an elite quarterback. And I'm not saying it's easy. I agree. You also need to not give up a 70 yard punt return and fumble sure. the ball at the 32, 36 sure. yard line, whatever it was. So. Which facet of the game was uh, not that we have to play the blame game, but like which facet of the game was it most fault? In the Super all, of Bowl? all of them, sure. At the most fault, sure. If it wasn't for the punt return, I mean, special teams, they win that game. Okay. If it wasn't for Jalen fumbling at the thirty-six and return for a touchdown, they win that game. Okay. If it wasn't for the defense not getting any stops in the, in the second half, they win that game. They were all equally. I disagree with that. Okay. Yeah, I disagree with that. I, I believe they all played roles, and it's a team game. Um, obviously, the defense had a harder task trying to stop a really good offense, but if, if I'm trying to like divvy up the blame here, more of it goes to the defense. Well, I mean, look, uh, if you want to assign numerical you know, values, maybe that's true, um, but I don't know. The whole thing just bothers me, and I think he'll do well, and I, I wish – you know, whoever replaces Gannon, I hope that people, you know, are fair in their criticisms of him. And if he sucks, he sucks. If he's great, give him some credit. Yeah. I, I like Denard. I, I think Denard would be a, a fine choice. Bradbury talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, His guys really like, uh, we were talking to Slay. Gosh, how long ago was that? And Slay's like, why is this guy not a defensive coordinator yet? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, Bradbury was saying, just saying what a good teacher he is and good communicator and everyone likes him. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would be a reason for him to, would you have this? So we've seen this before with coaching staffs. We saw it with Doug. We saw it with Andy. When you're starting to get pieces taken away, there is good in promoting with, from within. Sure. It, it creates a very uh, good atmosphere, but then, do you have to worry about the flip side of that is like the talent leaving the building and not replenishing it? Like, do you have to be cognizant of that as an organization to balance that scale a little bit? Like you want to promote from within it, it breeds a good culture, but you also want to bring new talent in at times right. too. Like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. I think we've seen that Nick it has a pretty good feel for young assistant coach talent. So you have to trust that. But, I mean, Jeff Lurie, I remember having a conversation 20 years ago with Jeff about the importance of uh, – it was up at Lehigh, the importance of promoting from within. He demands it of all his departments, and they know that. And it's not just – and I, I think, you know, I'm look, he's not telling Nick who to hire, but um, what a great way to build, um, you know, build a culture when people know that if they are good at their job, they have a really good chance to move up. Um, I think that makes it worth it. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, yeah, you could have trouble keeping the pipeline going, um, but you have to trust your coach, and they've done a pretty good job with that. Andy didn't. Andy didn't when he lost that first group of assistants, and it's one of the reasons they had a tough time there from 05 on, and they won a little bit, and they, but they weren't the same because all those guys left for head coaching jobs. But, uh, you know, Knicks now, I mean, the Knicks here, any coaching trees, too deep now. 
which is after two years is remarkable, really. Uh, and tells you what what a good judge evaluator of coaching talent he is. Yeah, and I, I think it was one of the things they really liked about him when they hired him was he came in with a plan of like these are the guys I want to bring in. Yeah, here's why I want to bring them in. Here's why they're going to be good. Uh, and it's it he was right because two years later they're both head coaches of their own. And it strikes me, it just occurred to me if Brian Johnson gets the offensive coordinator job and Denard gets a defensive, you have two African American coordinators, which. Uh, you would hope for them would lead possibly to opportunities to be head coaches at some point. Yeah. Get ahead of ourselves, but especially Brian Johnson. I mean, if, if Jalen keeps developing and he becomes yeah. what we think he can become, he'll be a head coach. You would think so. He's, he's kind of, really young too. I mean, he's in his early thirties, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is yeah, impressive young coach. Um, all time leading passer at Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was on the cover of, uh, the NCAA, uh, video game. That's where a lot of people know him. From. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he's really impressive. They both are. Uh, Jalen loves him. Uh, what's Shane? Shane's 37. Yeah. He's one of the younger head coaches. Uh, Gannon's 39, I believe. They're, they both are. Yeah. Both, yeah. All, all young coaches for the most part on yeah. this staff. I think for a quarterback, there's very, very few black quarterback coaches. That's, that's just, I was reading an article about that out in uh, Arizona. But um, I think that relationship, between the coaching staff and the quarterback is so pivotal yeah. to any team's success that having that continuity, especially on that side of the ball, I think on both sides it's important, but uh, they're really lucky to have them. Yeah. It's going to be a wild off season here. It is. Eagles have to hire two coordinators. They have a million free agents coming up. They're going to have two first round picks yeah. in this the draft. In the next few months. Yeah. It's all coming fast and we'll have plenty of uh, Eagle eyes. It's crazy. When, you, along the run. when you're in the Super Bowl. Like how quickly I was talking to Jordan Malata and we were all, everyone was like shaking hands and have a great, you know, and I said, yeah, I'll see you in eight weeks. He's like, eight weeks, mate, eight weeks, mate. I said, yeah, OTAs. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, it'll be April. He's like, oh my God. And he, he cursed me out laughing <laughs> and said, I think in my exit meeting with Nick, I'm going to tell him to cancel OTAs. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, yeah, but this, the season never ends for us. It does not. We'll be back with you soon. If you enjoy the Eagle Eye podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your pods. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button and subscribe there as well. That's it for Rube. I'm Dave. This has been Eagle Eye presented by Nissan. We'll talk to you soon.